We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Okay, ready? Think what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in a I want to it's her ratio. Okay, though. It's her ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> What are the keys to being a great actor? I believe um, listening. Listening. To your scene partner, to your character. Everything. Just listening. Listening. Listening is a, is, a, is a really good quality. I believe always being in the moment by listening. Pay attention. They say, you know, no two takes are exactly the same. And you should be listening as if that were true. You should be listening as if you, this is the first time you're hearing it. Every take. Michael K. Williams, one of the great actors of our time, came by my studio in 2018 to talk about his documentary about criminal justice reform raised in the system where he talks about some of the prison reform that we need and his nephew, Dominic, who was incarcerated for over 20 years. It's heavy to share this with you now after Michael has passed, but he was so passionate and so intense when talking about one of his most important subjects in the world, criminal justice and prison reform, that I wanted to share this with you so you could see the importance that those issues had to him in his life. I saw him at meetings and rallies and all kinds of things, trying to use his platform and his fame to increase the conversation about criminal justice reform. It was incredibly important to him, and that comes through in this interview. It's the late, great Michael K. Williams on Touré Show. Michael, you you have put together a really, really powerful film about the criminal justice system and some of the problems with it. And it's deeply personal for you. Yes, sir. Partly because uh, Dominic, who's here. Yeah. Uh, partly because of Jimmy, Jimmy Roseman. Yes, sir. But also because of your own personal journey. Right. What happened to you 
within the criminal justice system? You, you know, my journey is from, I was a boy, I've been visiting prisons since I, you know, I started making visits to friends and family members since I was 16 years old, from Rikers on, you name it, been to, you know, we most of the prisons up north visiting family, mostly family members, but a few friends as well. So, you know, it wasn't until a, a, a mentor of mine, Michael Skolnick, he, uh, he said, he had, we were at a meeting and he said, um, you know, Mike, the close, those closest to the problem are usually the ones closest to the solution. And that kind of made a light bulb go off, go off in my head. Like, Mike, you know, you, you know, you, you, you may not have, I, you know, thank God, because I don't know if I would have survived that that environment, you know. But I've been I've been affected, and I've watched, and I've seen the 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 patterns and the things in which happen in one's life, and how they end up in the system with what the mistakes were. You know, I was you know I was in the community. I was it was parallel right there, seeing it go down, and. You know, my my journey was I went through it with them, you know, because I've been visiting. I, I'm not going to leave my family in there unattended. So, you know, that was my journey. And, and that pretty much what brought me to to, to my, my my understanding. It's, it's like I got to get this rear view, this uh, kind of a window where I see, okay, as a, as a man. Now, today I see where the, where the, where the traps were laid and, and the parallels in all of my friends' stories, my family's story, they all did the crimes at a certain age. It was it was just some similarities there. And then all of that kind of came up, came to, to, to reality in, in, in the shape of this doc. Man, what do people need to know about what's going on? Because we know a lot of people are going inside. We know that we have a larger prison population in this country than any other nation in the world by far, people who are on your side but don't have all the facts, what did they need to know? Well, what I would hope, number one, is that, you know, because I wasn't even aware of the term uh, school-to-prison pipeline. Mm. So, you know, there are some, I guess you call, for lack of a better word, basic facts that we're dealing with here. So, you know, uh, privatizing prisons is a business who this this is a fact there are there are privately owned prisons in this country right and you know you it's know, crazy it, that we, we let people profit from it, incarcerating others yeah, but let's just look at it as real estate right so this you know some keep it you know so you know when you build it's like a real estate in new york or a realtor in new york so when you build a an investor when you build a a building you want to fill those apartments right so it's pretty much this the same thing with the prisons i, I i've come to believe right and so what's happening is these prisons are being filled with, um, you know, people of color, mostly, and also, you know, um, uh, uh, poor people. You know, this, it's become this, this uh, it's, uh, it's literally, you, we're setting up this, we're, we, are, we're, we are the, the largest amount of young people locked up in the world. Like juvenile arrest right now, we are leading in the world. That's not a, that's not, a coincidence that's not by chance. That's for that's because that is what is where they're filling the real estate with. Those where those are those cells are being filled with our youth. So so I, I just I speak to that is the direct the direct the first direct fact that I, I speak to. This I hope that you can when people watch this doc, they will they they will learn that we are we we're losing a generation of of young people. 
You know, so now my quest is, if we're locking up our young people at that alarming number, the fact that the, 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 the possibility that we are locking up our next leaders, our mm-hmm. next, our next uh, business uh, uh, people, mm-hmm. these, these kids are, are not stupid. They, they, some of them, have, they've been traumatized. They never had a chance to be an adolescent. And and they fall prey to the traps, and they it's it's it's, it's literally this is a whole mechanism that goes into this what they call this school to prison pipeline. And I would hope that anybody like myself, I was a little ignorant to that term before this this doc came into my life, mm-hmm. and and now I get I have a full understanding of what that is and how that's being done. Is it, it's all it's it's as my brother Mr. Kaepernick said, it's it's systemic. You know, it's like we're literally. Housing is, you know, prison is big business and we're housing, you know, we're, we're through this system right now where we are creating professional prisoners mm. with the school to prison pipeline. And, and it, you know, I just I just wanted to speak to that. When you were a kid, were you at risk of falling into that, of getting arrested, getting into this, getting in the system? Absolutely. You know, um my 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 journey was uh was drug addiction right you know i i you know i i started um you know using drugs at a very young age where would you, where'd you start with well my same typical thing pot you know what i'm saying and and then drinking and it started on the weekend thing and you know with 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 my insecurities and and my issues as being a black man growing up and in in a in a, a dark skinned black man coming up in that time it was a it wasn't you know it was difficult i had to had to find, I, you know, I didn't, it was, it was a self-love thing, basically. But you didn't love yourself no, enough. No, 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 not at all. That's, that basically was, was, was definitely it. Did not feel valuable. Did not feel valuable. Nobody in the community was telling you you mattered? I guess I just didn't hear it or wasn't looking for it. You know, it's, it, at the end of the day, you know, somebody could tell you that all you want, but it's, if you don't believe it, if you don't feel it, but you know, you know, when you got when you got an oppressed community, it's not about people trying to lift you up. Everybody trying to, you know, lift themselves up. It wasn't a, you know, that type of environment growing up in the hood where people were like, oh, you know, you could do it, you could do it. Like, I mean, you got it. It was a, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, I think that ability for brothers to to communicate to and offer that type of language wasn't really going on. I mean, you're right on the core of the issue, you know, I mean, Johan Hari wrote this incredible book about drugs, a drug war called Chasing the Scream. And he talks about, they see that it's, if you have a void in your life, that is a predictor of if you're going to abuse drugs, not use drugs, because a lot of people use drugs in a very responsible way, but abuse drugs, right? If you have too many negative childhood experiences to where you have voids in your life, then you're going to fall into abusing drugs. And that's oh, yeah. what oh, yeah. you're talking oh, you're about. you're likely to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because, you know, not everyone. No, it's not 100%. It's not 100%. But, but, you know, but when that you was... talk about I had a drug problem and I had a lack of love and a lack well, of you, self-esteem and, and, and as and a child. And let me be clear, you don't really, you know, it's a, it's something that, you know, I constantly now when I say, you know, when you speak about it as had, it's something that I have to constantly be aware of. It, it never really, you know, if, if I start, you know, feeling uh, negative about myself, it will still, that can still come into play, you know? And and so I find that that, that same issue plays out, at least in my community, on, on 
a, a lot of different ways. Like when you look at the gun violence, for instance, you know, in our community, right? It, it, it you know, out of all the things that are, that are killing our young people in the community, the number one, what I've come to believe is black on black gun violence, you know, one-on-one gun violence. We're killing each other at, at a larger number than anything else, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, a lot of that is done with, you know, you know, in illegal firearms. Like, you know, there's something, it's, it's to the point where, you know, they're calling it like, we have to, like in Chicago, in, in, for instance, in the, in, the, in, the, in the case of Chicago, they were like, I heard people saying that you have to look at it like, an, like a disease when that amount of, of, you know, when it's that easy for one who looks like me to go up and, and kill someone who has my features and has my skin tone and, and that comes from my community. What is it that makes me, you know, you know so, so numb? And, and feel like this is my only way out. You know, that's 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 what I want to speak to. I want to speak to that. I want to go, I, I, my, my goal is, you know, these children are some of the young people that you're going to see in this doc. You know, they're, you know, some of them have committed, you know, uh, gun offenses or, or, or most likely are about to or in that world. You know, I just feel with the amount of, Numbers that we are losing our um, our young people to the street with 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 just the gun violence. I feel that you know we need to speak to that and speak to that. And and I'm not looking for you know. And I think it's time that we need to find ways of healing our community ourselves. You know, which is um like something in this doc that you're going to see, which is um these brothers out there in Richmond, California. Uh, that started the uh, the program O N S. You know, um, I, I, I'm not going to talk too much on. It. I want to save it for when the doc releases. Okay. But man, they do. This is grassroots. You know, these are um, men who have been on that on that side of the tracks. You know, with, with with literally gun charges in their past, and they are taking that to the community. Mm. and making a difference in young men's life who are in the same vein of either doing the same thing or have already done the same thing what they did and it's working it's working you know so so that's it you know you know this doc is about let's find ways to to heal our community let's find because it's got to start with us now it's, it's it's i'm not looking for anybody i'm just like what can i do you know um and how do we stop our young people from hurting, right? Because I know what that feels like growing up hurting and just feeling, you know, and and I took my anger and frustration and I turned it inward, right? But it's this, it comes from the same source. And when you were on that road, you used crack. Yeah, I smoked crack. I sniffed coke, you know what I'm saying? That was cocaine was basically my downfall, but it was the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I definitely have, you know, a free base or sniff or smoke crack, whatever you want to call it. I mean, how did you, I mean, that's, it, it seems like to me, like there's a psychological barrier. Like, you know, it's one thing socially to like smoke some weed. Like when you go to crack or free basing, it's like. Well, you got to understand, right? I come from an era where, you know, uh, I, you know, there were no crackheads running around when I was young. You know, 
I saw, I was, you know, probably in the city, hanging out in a, in a probably a slightly adult environment that I should have been in, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I saw, you know, people, I saw it like it was done openly. Like, you know, people free based their little private pipes on the dance floor. It was a different, um, it wasn't, it was introduced to me as, as, as classy or as elite as sniffing coke was, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, I didn't see people. I was, my generation was the first one that you saw, like, you know, in New Jack City, you know, with Chris Rock's character. That was, that yeah. was the first time that I'd seen that. And that was in my generation. That was when I was going through it. It was like, oh shit, that's, that's me, <laughs> you know, basically. But there was nothing before that, that showed me that this is, this is, this can be, you know, cocaine and all that shit was, was, was presented to me as something classy and cool to do. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast. 
wherever you listen. When you were doing Omar yeah. on The Wire, you were also using with the local chunkies. I, uh, you know, let me see. I, you know, we want to you know, call hanging out. I hung out in the streets for sure when I was shooting The Wire. I definitely hung out in the streets, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't wilding, but I was definitely, I was definitely, you know, um, doing some character research. <laughs> <laughs> definitely doing some character research. Was it really research. character research or was it really well, at least like? I thought it was at the time. <laughs> 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 Don't know if I would do that today. You know what I mean? When I was on, yeah, I was young and stupid. But, uh, How'd you get into acting? Honestly, um, Torre, it was through the um, through the the music video world. You know, it was um, that was the first time that I started really uh, learning how to, I guess you would say, emote. And um, I got real blessed and found the Off Broadway um, community in New York City, like from La Mama Theater with Ellen Stewart to uh, Tunde Samuels up there at um, at National Black Theater, uh-huh. and then when uh, Mel Williams, his brother from Philadelphia, came into New York and he started a, a company called Theater for the New Generation, when I got with his his classes and you know under his tutelage, things really started to mold for me. And it was um, shortly thereafter I started going on auditions. And... What do you love about it? <sighs> I love the journey that that character, that you know creating character takes me on. You know, um, it's somewhat of a time travel for me. You know, you know what I mean? It's not just, uh, you know, for me, you know, yeah, where I go with it, with, you know, the way I create character and, uh, and you know, build layers. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's uh, you know, the parallels that, you know, I see where it's like these, I take these journeys with these characters and then I, you know, it, they make me look at where my life is at at the time when I'm playing these characters. So I, I see similarities. I get to have these um these little, you know, maybe I take things away from it, maybe leave things there, you know. Um, and because when you're exploring characters, you know, you you have to what what I you know, it, you know, that's, a, that's another being you're creating, another set of life you know, experiences that you're you're living in and you're breathing life into that. So for me, it kind of makes it's, it's a natural uh reaction to um compare your life to this character's life so you, know, you take this journey yeah you know i mean and what are the keys to being a great actor i believe um listening listening to, to your scene partner to your character Everything, just listening 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 is a is a is a really good quality i believe always being in the moment by listening paying attention listening so does that mean that each scene or each take rather that each take is a little different because you are listening and reacting that's 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 the goal you know um sometimes you know you know um yeah you know they say you know no two takes are exactly the same and you should be listening as as if that were true should be listening as if you, this is the first time you're hearing it, every take. Can we talk about the night of? Okay. I mean, because this 
really this, this is yeah, I got you. I mean, this mm-hmm. builds off of this, what you're you what go. you've been living with. Mm-hmm. So how did you take the experience that you had throughout your life that all works as research and build that into this amazingly powerful, evil uh, jail sort of, what would you call him, a jail, like sort of running the house? I would just call him a human being. He, he was a dude in prison, that's what I would call him. But, you know, the, the um, he, 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 again, which goes back to what I said earlier about um, at the rate that we lock people up in this country, it is, you know, it's very possible for me to believe that, you know, we have a lot of good people, a lot of a lot of strong-minded people who've made some bad mistakes behind those bars that, you know, you know, for like you know, what dare me say deserve a second chance in in, in at doing something and making a mark in society and having an impact on the, on our community because they've been there and now they can use their skills for good. So, you know, we take Freddie for instance and and I went in I went in with that for him, right? Okay, you know, I look at Dominic, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so when this man made his mistake, he was in college, there were no drugs, there was no weed, you know, come from, he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, he was very focused, he was, he was very, very focused, a very determined working young man you know, always there around the family. Me and my nephew, always, always. We had a move, go to the movie, had a little movie night. Me and them kids would go to the movies, right? So, so it took one wrong mistake because in our community, right, at this point, you know, it was like, you know, we were told you have to take care of your family. You know what I mean? You have to, all, any mean necessary, you have to take care of your family. It was Vanderveer who didn't have a gun in the house. I mean, that's, that's the community we lived in, you know? And, and he, you know, fell prey to all we knew, you know what I'm saying? You, you see your brother being attacked. <laughs> You know, boom, he went zero to 60. There was a, you, I mean, you, you, Dominic, you're... Yeah, my nephew, nephew, that's what happened. He was defending twin his twin brother. Was yeah. being attacked. Yes, and that's and, and he went out there with the illegal firearm and he went to just with the notion just to say, you know, get off my brother and, you know, get get his, get his brother out of the situation. And, you know, it got engulfed. The situation got very heated very quickly and the gun went off and unfortunately someone lost their lives. But it wasn't, you know, like... He was a gun, you know, gun-toting dude on the corner. It wasn't that situation. You know what I'm coming from? So, so, so here we have a, a young brother who had a who had obviously, as you will see, has a lot of potential, you know, and and but one wrong mistake based on a bad, you know, a you know, bad decision to, to you know, it's it's it could change your whole life. So how many more people, men and women, are in our system who, who've just made a bad mistake, made a bad mistake, good people who've made bad mistake, regular people who made bad mistake. You know, so that's, 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 that's what I went in with for the night of, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, there were issues. He had his, he had his, his, uh, his drug issues in there. You know, that was his downfall, you know, and, um, he used his 
you know, I, the diff difference between Dominic and, and Freddie, I say, is um, uh, Fred used his, his special powers for, you know, he had, a, um, you know, ulterior, uh, what's the word, ulterior motors, mm -hmm. you know, basically mm -hmm. it was a, you know, a little manipulative with his, with his situation at times, you know, but it was always um, in a weird way, always in um, inclusive, he always included his, you know, people who he cared about and particularly um, Riz, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a very odd, very odd uh, world to uh, to be in. It's interesting because we had, we just had Taraji on the show and mm -hmm. she talked about having empathy for your characters. And clearly you're talking about having a tremendous amount of empathy for Freddie and that allows you to play him with much more depth. Well, going back, you think, well, first of all, thank, thank you. Um, and I, I, I take that as a compliment. Um, and I think that going back to the start of our conversation is uh, my childhood. Again, I, you know, I saw how, you know, my people who I loved and, 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 and played stickball with at one point in their life, you know, made some bad choices and, and ended up in a series of situations and didn't mean I loved them any less. Sure. And, and you know, so I, I got to watch it's it's really odd, and and so you know I I come into all my characters with that already built in. It's it's innate because I I know these I know these people in some odd way, and, and which is again what which I, how I spoke to my characters. They kind of as I look I look back and I'm like there's always these like odd little parallels between my real life and these these characters that that actually have chosen me you know the characters are choosing you i don't you know i would like i mean i'm i'm just trying to stay stay keep it popping stay you know what I'm keep it moving and stay working and stay paying my bills man you know so um a lot of times you know especially in the early days man you know um you know hbo bro that that was such a what an environment to grow up in and to to be and to, to be able to home in on my craft, what a, what a platform HBO's given me over the past fifteen years. Because you got to remember, man, I, um, it's you know, it's, you know, The Wire. There's Lackawanna Blues. There's Bessie. There's there's Boardwalk Empire. There's there's uh, um, 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 the Night of. You know, um, um, HBO's given me a lot of a lot of burn time. A lot of burn time, a lot, a lot of opportunity to to home in and get it right, and then, you know, come on, man, you go from, and just in those few names, I went from from George Wolf to Steven Zellian to to Ter Terry Winter to, to to David Simon to George. Did I say George Wolf? George George motherfucking Wolf. Mm -hmm. You know that mm -hmm. I worked with all of those 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 icon. Excuse me, forgive me. May I forget Martin Scorsese? Mm. This is all within my 15 years mm. at HBO. So I had a lot of opportunity and not to, I'm not going to get into the talent that I was blessed to be around in that. So, you know, I always say, man, and I, was, I was basically raised by wolves being over there at HBO. And, you know, uh, I got to tell really great stories early on in my career. I was blessed with the opportunity of, of you know, being around great talent and being being given the opportunity to tell great stories through amazing writing, that's such a blessing. It was like, I mean, you you can't, you can't, I would never trade that. And and 
And as I was so, as I'm taking this journey, it wasn't like, you know, I was pan picking these characters. I was too busy growing the fuck up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and seeing these parallels that were beginning to happen and like, oh shit, you know, it was something else going on. And, you know, so this documentary is a is a kind of a collection of a lot of that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, you know, it's not a it's it's not a coincidence. It's not random that Dominic is coming home. Like, you know, this documentary, when we first see him, he's incarcerated. Mm. Did you know he was coming home when you, were no. making, you started making the documentary? So, no. So that was a surprise to you? Oh. Wow. You see what I'm trying to tell you? Because you've been talking about Dominic a long for as long time, as man. I've known long you. Long time. And always yeah. talking about Dominic. Yes, and, and I'm watching the doc. I had no idea that he was going to come home in the doc, which gives it this this light moment in the midst, because it's, it's heavy. At one point in the dog, you cry. Yeah, man. Uh, Michael, man, um, that kid um, in, uh, in Newark, he, uh, you know, just, um, well, well, first of all, I'm talking to a little dark-skinned young man, this handsome, dark-skinned young, this little boy with a scar on his face mm. named Michael. I, I and, uh, and he starts to talk about, like, how he, he's just he's having a tough time in life. And I'm looking at him and I'm just like, do you know how powerful you are and how beautiful you are? And I'm just like, and then he starts talking. And when he says that, when I ask him, what does he want to be? And he tells me that he wants to use his, his pain and what he's been through in life at was like 11 years old and he wants to use that as a teaching tool for kids that are going through the system like him so he could tell he could show them that it's just a wall you have to break through and you can do it bro i, I just it was uh it was surreal to say the least and not random you know what i'm saying I think a lot of folks may not really realize that in most situations, prison makes it worse. Whatever you have going on in your life, prison's going to make it worse. And one of the things you point out in the doc as well that I appreciate, the age at which most crimes are committed is about 15 to 20. Yeah. By yeah. 25, most people do not commit basic Street crimes, but see, but, Tori, but we continue to incarcerate them well, long well, after they are an actual danger well, to society. Well, that's the problem, right? And then the other problem is, you know, we're forgetting that okay, these kids are adolescents, are adolescents, right? And and adolescents do adolescent behavior. Mm. Adolescent behavior is a scientific word or term for dumb shit. But they are right? not, they're not cerebrally no, developed. No, they're not, right? But, but okay, so some of these kids are doing some, 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 you know, doing some shit the, out there. There are scientific ways in which impulse control is not set. Well, we, this, this is, this is, again, scientific, facts, yeah, right? Yeah. I ain't saying what I heard. This is yeah. facts, right? So, and, and we are, in a sense, criminalizing yeah. adolescent behavior. Now, when... I'm not saying that our young people should not be made to pay for mistakes when they cross criminal lines. What I am saying is, what you said to, to speak to what you just said a few seconds ago, when you, especially when you're dealing with minors, man, it should, there needs to be a different type of setting when we send 
kids to um, pay for mistakes. We still have to, we need to create facilities, number one, that are smaller, number one, that cater to the nine times out of 10 trauma that, that, he, that he or she may be going through, right? Because you can't forget that these kids are already adolescent. They've been traumatized, whether sexual, physical, you know, lack of this, lack of that. Mm. And then you add that on top of adolescent behavior. And what do we do? We lock them up in, a, in an adult-like prison situation. Away from away, family, away, away from, from support everything. system. And then, and then when we release them back into the community, they are they have nothing to lean on, right? Can't so, go to public housing. No, no, nothing. It's hard it's a, to get a job. Bro, fuck that. They it's all, the, the, the 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 damage internally. Are you kidding me? You know how much unpacking it. it and were, their connection to people who are criminal or have done deviant it, things so, is stronger. So wait, come on. It's 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 a trap. Yeah. So you know, first, and they to say nothing of when they are traumatized in prison by rape or just the general it, it, incarceration experience. It goes on and on and on. I, I'm just I want to just stay in the light because we can go on and on. That's a, that we know what's out there, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Oh no, but, but we we got to talk about got, it, right? We got to let people know. Yeah. I mean, you got to be under what fucking rock to know that, to not know that, you know, kids are out there suffering. I didn't know there was a school to prison pipeline, but, yeah. you know, I knew that, you know, the youth was in trouble. Yeah. I, my, my kids in trouble. Our next generation is in trouble right now and they're hurting. You know, you got to be deaf, dumb and stupid tonight to not see that. Right. So, so what, like if we know we need smaller facilities, right. And we need facilities with programs that it don't take a lot of money programs to, to, to like, you know, if it's to help them to grow. We cannot forget the fact that these are still malleable minds, even though they made a mistake and, and or, you know, you know. I'm, I'm not- what does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low-sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it, and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member... I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, the, 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 the mental illness that, that would lead to doing something extremely, you know, I, I don't know what that, what that world looks like. I'm talking about kids who have just made mistakes and, and found themselves in a really retarded situation due to peer pressure or, or lack of, 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 of social skills. Because... 
Dominic is here. Dominic, you were inside for how long? 20 years, 7 months, 18 days. What can be done, what should be done to make being in prison and doing your time more effective for society and for the prisoners so that you're not doing the time and being turned into an even worse member of society? Thank you. That's a great question, Tori. So I think the first thing that we should do is, is take a look at some of the programming that's offered in the correctional facilities. One of the things that I've often believed is that good programming is good security inside the prison. And as we start to prepare men and women who are incarcerated in New York State to transition back into the community, I think it starts there. It can't be surface stuff. It can't be things where the men and women are forced to be engaged and be involved in things that their heart is not really in. We have to take a look at some of the real challenges, some of the real hurdles that are going on in our communities, in the prisons. Take a look at those things, as ugly as they may be, address those issues, take a look at values, take a look at integrity, take a look at some of the things that it would take for people to be successful. I really think that it starts there. Where it will go, it will take much longer than we have to talk did about. The, did the prison give you any tools that would help keep you from uh, going back? Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, my environment— um, was something that I had to take a look at and assess, you know, whether I was going to be that negative person or whether I was going to be the person who took a look at my situation and said, I am not going to be defined by that one worst moment in my life. I will not allow my geographical location to define me. I will not labels, I will not let labels define me. This concept about convict and you prisoner and that, you know, I'm less than a human being because of that one bad decision that I made in my life was something that I was going to rebel against. But that's something that you thought of for yourself. Absolutely. Did, absolutely. Did the, did the prison itself give you any tools that would help keep you from going back? Or does or is it set up so maybe he will come back? Well, 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 well you know what? I think that we can make our own personal choices. I think to answer specifically your question, I think everything starts with us. Yeah. If you're not here, then what are you here for? So absolutely, it started with me. Were there programs that help cultivate that concept? Absolutely. I've worked with a few of them. One was called the Alternative to Violence Project. Another one was called the Exodus Transitional Community Program, which is a community-based program. You know, it has several places, one in Harlem, one in Poughkeepsie, one in Newburgh. They're currently looking at working, uh, looking at opening another place in Albany because the rates of incarceration are going up there. And then we also have other service providers in New York State and New York City that assist with these services. Some are called Fortune Society, and there are a few other ones. I think, for me, that those agencies that we connected with, specifically Exodus Transitional Community, provided a bigger platform for men to understand that they can be better, but they have to work hard. And using the excuse that you're in prison uh, to not become a better person, like Dr. Muhammad said, is lame. Mm. That's that. That's just the bottom line. And we have to be actively involved in that process. That means that no matter what challenges you're faced with, no matter what person you come in contact with, whether it's one of your peers or whether it's a staff member who may be having a bad day, you cannot use that as a crutch. You cannot use that as a reason to say, you know what, I'm not going to do better. I'm, I am going to, you know, just 
go with the regular status quo and believe every all the hype that you see on some of these uh, prison TV shows or uh, lockdown and all these other things where they show nothing positive about the people who are in prison. If that is true, then our society is in a very, very dark place. And we need to question mm. where our tax dollars are going. We need to question why are we housing people in warehouses where we have more people in prison than we do in college. It, 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 it's unacceptable to me. I, I want to talk to you more about uh, acting. Yeah. What did you learn from Scorsese? Wow. I learned the, the, the power of silence. You know, um, the way he runs his set. There's a calmness and a quietness that you come that I've, I've, I've always, I look for in other sets and you don't, there's always some sort of a clamor and chat. I mean, you know, like it's, yeah, that was the main thing I learned, the power of silence and, and what a, what a, what a, the silence that creates such an intense, it, he's a for the actor, like the, the, when the set is completely silent, what that does for the actor is amazing. It's amazing. What advice do you have for younger black actors coming up. Tell your story. And I tell that for all young thespians coming up of all races, tell your story, write your story. Do not come into this business, young people like me, you know, waiting for the Hollywood to, you know, to give me my opportunity or, you know, hoping that I was good enough. Come in good enough. Know that you are good enough. Write your story and, and, and do you be you. Do not conform. Be you. Be you because that's the best, that's the best, the best outfit, the best character, you know, that comes through in this business is when it's honest and pure. Thank you so much to Michael for a great interview. You will never be forgotten. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.